the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in heaven and earth, whether thrones or dominions. the writings of your servant David as he proclaimed that the Lord is king forever and ever and the heathen are perished out of his land and that the counsel of the Lord standeth forever and the thoughts of his heart to all generations and he wrote that thy throne O God is forever and ever and thy scepter the kingdom is a right scepter and that your testimonies are very sure and holiness becometh thy house, O Lord, forever and ever. And that, Lord, you shall endure forever, and your remembrance unto all generations. We say as a body of believers today, Father, that forever, forever your word is settled in heaven and established throughout all the earth. Regardless of the shaking, God, that may be taking place in this in this universe, on this planet, within the body of Christ, God, you're not shaken. Your word is established forever and ever. Hallelujah. And we praise you for that. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Lord. We glorify your name. Oh, blessed be your name, oh God. Forever, oh Lord.
Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. Amen. It's 9.03 in the morning. I decided to start the music portion, if you will, the praise and worship uh, a little bit sooner because this this outline is pretty lengthy today. Let me go ahead and post that outline today. Uh, today is uh, September the 11th, 2022, and uh, we all know what happened on this day many years ago. Um, it's a sad day for a lot of a lot of people, but uh, you know, for us as sons of God and daughters of God, you know, our focus obviously is to do the will of God in the earth. Amen. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Again, talking about divine authority, and this time we're dealing with the subject of obedience or sacrifice and uh, God's greatest demand, which is obedience. But um, I'm grateful to the Lord, amen. He's been very faithful to my family, amen. We're all healthy, we're all strong, and uh, I appreciate that about the Lord and how he takes care of his people, amen. As a matter of fact, Scripture says that in Job 36, 11 and 12, that if they obey and serve him, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. All right? But if they obey not, they shall perish by the sword, and they shall die without knowledge. Well, I don't want to die without knowledge, amen. I don't want to die. First of all, I don't want to be just die suddenly, right? I want to fulfill my cause. I want to run the race, amen, that, that God has set me to run on the course. And I definitely don't want to die without the knowledge of the holy, amen. I want to, I don't want to die without God in my life, amen. And I encourage, obviously, humanity in this, amen. A lot of, uh, a lot of foolishness out there in the world about what people think and believe and so on. A lot of philosophies and a lot of views, of course, that's the result of division, right? But uh, again, today is September the 11th, 2022, and uh, my name is Brother Joseph, amen. We're doing a live Facebook broadcast coming at you today. And uh, just in case anyone doesn't realize that all these videos that are on made live on the Facebook side, you know, I process the video and then I upload it back to YouTube. But within every outline, I mean, every description in, in these outlines, there's an outline with every with every lesson, amen. And you can follow along on that, you know. You can follow along on that outline. And uh, I need to post this real quick for you guys. So give me a minute here, a second here. Praise God. All right, so there's the outline, amen. And uh, like I said, we're going to be talking about obedience or sacrifice and then God's greatest demand, which is obedience. Let's go ahead and start with some prayer, amen. Hallelujah, Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you, Father God, in, in behalf of, of your kingdom, Father. In other words, bringing forth the words of life, Father God, as it is written, Father God, man shall not live by bread alone, glory to God, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God does man live. Amen. And I know, Father God, what you've been training me and teaching me on this word, live. Amen. And uh, it's very uh, precious to me, Lord. And I, and I thank you, Father, for the revelation of the kingdom of God. I thank you for your word, Father. Your word is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh, Father. I pray, Lord God, that your people would find your word today, Father. That they would find the word, amen, the rhemas of God, that they would minister faith, that would inspire faith out of their spirits, Father God, that 
that they can hang on your word, Father God, for you are a God of integrity, Father God. You maintain your word, Father God. Whatever your word says, Father, you will watch over to perform it. And I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name for this opportunity, Lord, and I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, like I said, uh, a lot to cover again today, but I wanted to start with something here that so last week I was talking about a lot about Romans chapter 8, right? And how that the scripture says in Romans eight fourteen, for as many as are led of the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Well, where is the Spirit of God leading you to first, right? You have to go through death, burial, and resurrection, right? You have to go through this process, the same process that Christ went through. Because if we look at the preceding verse, um, I'm sorry, the verse 14, right? The pre- I mean, 11, the preceding verse here. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. So the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, which, again, the scripture calls that in Romans chapter 6. Hold on a minute. I think it's verse 4. Romans 6, 4. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like was Christ was raised up from the dead, glory to God, by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in freshness of Zoe. Zoe, right? And it says, by the glory of the Father. The glory of the Father is the Holy Ghost, amen? The Holy Ghost is always leading us to Christ, and Christ is always leading us to the Father. Amen? It's His way, amen? And He's the one that gave us the Spirit, amen? He's the one that sent down the Spirit of Christ, the, the, the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, if I go, I'm going to send you another comforter, amen? Well, this comforter is constantly dealing us, right? Constantly leading us to die to ourselves, always, 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 because you cannot serve humanity, you cannot serve your family, right? You cannot serve the world, in other words, in that priestly role as Christ did, if you're not dying to yourself. So uh, I quoted this statement uh, last week as well, and I want to read it again. Um, This is a quotation that Brother Randy said. He said, Jesus Christ never healed anybody as a priest. He never moved into his priesthood until after his resurrection. You see that? Jesus Christ did not go and sit on the right hand of the Father. And as the scripture says, he ever lived to make intercession for the saints, right? Where's that verse at? And so Jesus Christ, right, he's the one. As the scripture says, it's now seated at the right hand of the Father. He's a priest for war, forever after the order of Melchizedek. But not only is he, he's, is he a priest, he's a king. Amen. He sits in that seat of authority, in that place of authority. Amen. And while he was on the earth, he moved as a king. He took the land back from the enemy that had taken the land from the lives at that time of the Israelites. And knowing that, that, that the hour is coming, says, as, as it says in John 12, amen, where the Son of Man must be glorified. So... The glorification of what mankind has to go through is that first he's got to die first. And then the glory of the Father raises him up. Raises him up now as a priest. Now I can place my blood at the mercy seat. And now there's a way for humanity to come into my presence. He ever liveth. All right. I want to read that one. To make He ever lived to make intercession, right? That's in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. All right, let's take a look at that. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. 
Hebrews chapter 7. And I love this. I love this. I love this. Verse 24. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Amen. As you you and I, sons of God, we, we are after the order of Jesus Christ, sons and daughters of God, right? I always have to go back and correct myself, sons and daughters. But when I say sons, I'm talking about sons and daughters. But in the world that we live in today, you know, some people get offended by that. But anyway, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost. All right. Uttermost here means all complete, complete perfection. That come to God. <clears throat> the word come here. All right. I'm sorry, not the word. That come to God, unto God, by him seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. All right? Mm. And then it says in verse 26, For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Mm. The point being here is that I'm trying to say is that as the scripture says to tells us, all right, he there. All right, let me go back now to that one. <laughs> I'm sorry here. A lot of scriptures here, man. A lot of things get quickened to me as we're going through the word, amen. And and I just appreciate God for, for the Holy Spirit of my life. Amen. First, I mean, Romans chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. All right? Help, but... In other words, the Spirit of God is, is able to serve us and, and minister unto us and help us with our weaknesses, as it says here, just as he and just as we do for others. All right, now it says, We know not what we should pray for as we ought. Okay. Excuse me, man. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought or should, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And then it says, and he that searcheth the heart, so in other words, the Spirit that searcheth the heart, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. All right? So when we're praying, we're searching the heart, we're, to, we're searching the mind of the Spirit, but we're also wanting to bring, get, get some direction from the Holy Ghost, amen, on who to pray for, right? Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You see, now, according to the will of God, that part, the will of God is an italics, so according to God. In other words, according as God desires, right? <clears throat> His will. I know it's italicized, but it does, it does stay, it mean that. <clears throat> so it says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them are called according to purpose. Amen. The purpose of God, amen, getting us all to a place where we understand our role as sons of God and daughters of God, why it's important for us to represent authority, amen, and not substitute, which, by the way, are the two things that you you, you do with authority. You can either represent or substitute. All right, now, let me, let's go back now. I want to read here verse 13, Romans 8, 13, because this is the one that, again, as I'm meditating through this and as, as I'm, I'm, I'm mulling it over, amen, things just keep exploding in my spirit, right? It says, therefore, first of all, verse 12, therefore, brethren, we are not debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh. So it says we're not debtors to the flesh, but that's, that implies that we are debtors to the spirit, to live after the spirit. 
For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if we through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, we shall live. You see, in other words, the body is able to live because of the life of the Spirit in your spirit, man, the Zoe life of God. Now, this word live here, it's almost the same as the word Zoe, but it's it's Z-A-O, Zao, okay? Bunch of references for this scripture, amen? But it's so, so let me go back and uh, <clears throat> you shall live. If you do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live, okay? Now, the word live here, again, is zao. And I just want to read the definition, right? All right. To live, to breathe. You shall live, you shall breathe. breathe. You shall be among the living. You, you will be not lifeless or not dead. You're going to enjoy real life. You're going to have true life and worthy of the name of Jesus Christ, glory to God. Active and blessed, endless in the kingdom of God, amen. Eternal Zoe, amen. And by the way, when you got born again, when I got born again, it wasn't so that I could escape hell to go to heaven. That's what that's what the babies preach. Let me put it like that. The Babylonian system, that's what they preach. You got to get saved so you can go to heaven. Well, that's not what the Bible says, amen. You see, and, and it does say that that Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have Zoe, life is the word Zoe here, and that they might have it more abundantly. His desire, the Father's desire, is that you can experience his life day after day after day after day, not just when we're with him, all right? Because now is when we need direction from God. Now is when we need direction to Make decisions for our family. I like this scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. I'm sorry. Um, Proverbs. All right. And I like how <laughs> a lot of these Proverbs, man, they're just in a nutshell, everything, for example, that I'm telling you right now. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding or I understand, and I have strength. Counsel, it means advice, purposes, and plans, the scripture says, are mine. God is saying, counsel belongs to me. I'm the only one that has the right or the place to dictate to your life and bring direction to your life, to bring wisdom to your life, by the Zoe life that's in you, by the same spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead, in other words, the dead place is that place where we don't know how to, where to go. We don't know what decision to make. The dead place could be sickness or infirmity on your body, sickness or infirmity on your loved ones. You see, the dead, all right? If the same spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwell in you, he, therefore, that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body. And uh, so it says, counsel is mine, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 14, and sound wisdom. Sound wisdom is the Hebrew word to Shia, and it means enterprise. Or enterprise means risky undertaking. And then he says, I am understanding, right? I understand. The, uh, and, and you can't understand something. You can't come to understand until you understand. <laughs> so the way I've been reading that verse is counsel is mine, okay? Advices, 
plans and purposes belong to you, Lord God, in relation to my life, in, the re in relation to my family, to, in relation to the body of Christ, and sound wisdom and enterprise. If you des it doesn't matter what kind of enterprise it is, right? Because this enterprise that I'm involved in, Making Disciples, DivineFavor.org, amen, it's a risky undertaking, amen? You see? Because the enemy doesn't want, obviously, the broadcast of the kingdom of God to go out. The scripture says that he is the prince of this age or the God of this world, all right? The spirit, the, the ruler of the darkness of this world. He rules all these demonic airwaves that are going out, all this demonic misinformation that's going out there. That's his goal. That's how he operates. He's always planting the, the seed of doubt and unbelief in people's lives. Well, that's not what he really meant, you know. S somebody will say something straight out. Of, this individual says something straight out of his lips, and then all of a sudden you got all the individuals that are sowing the negative seeds out there, depositing all these seeds through all these outlets. <laughs> that's called the prince of the power of the air, body of Christ. <laughs> all right. All right, so I am understanding. I understand, and I have strength. Brother Joseph, I have strength, amen. I have might, valor, and bravery. I have mighty deeds, amen. I have force. I have valor. I have victory, amen. I'm the one that can bring that to you, says God, if you'll turn to me, amen. And as the scripture says, if you obey and serve him, you'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasures. But if you obey not, you shall perish by the sword for the and that die and die without knowledge. Well, I don't want to die without knowledge, amen. So back to the scriptures now, Romans chapter eight. All right. Go back to that. The word live, right? Look at this word again. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh bring out some 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 just reading it. Read the definition. So endless in the kingdom of God, amen. And then it says to live, to pass life in the manner of living and acting of morals and characters. Amen. A moral and character. All right. Your life exemplifies a life that's walking in discipline as a son or daughter of God in your morals and in your character. The type of person you are. You're not blowing up all the time, man. You're not losing your cool. Amen. You're not sukeying out. You're not allowing the soul to dictate to you. Right? Because... Well, it says living water, having life, amen, bring, being able to bring freshness, amen. As the scripture says in uh, Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach, amen, and to bring glad tidings, amen, to the meek. I think it's Isaiah 61. Excuse me a minute. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news, good tidings unto the meek, unto those that are humble and able to be, as a brother brought out in one of the broadcasts that I recently listened to, coachable, directed, able to receive that. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, amen, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Who's got you bound up? Well, it's not God, it's the devil, amen. He's the one that keeps us in bondage and makes us slaves to his will and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, all right, so we've been anointed, amen, to preach a word in season, amen, by the Lord. Now, let's go back again. <laughs> so uh, the word live, all right, you shall live. All right, now, the, the next part here really, really got me going here. 
metaphorically to be full and bigger. All right. So if the same spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells in you. The same spirit. All right. And so so it says here, so you shall live. Okay, back to that word. I'm sorry. Okay. Now it says metaphorically to be full and vigor, to be fresh, to be strong, to be efficient, to be active and powerful and efficacious. Efficacious is a beautiful word. Amen. I'll just read you some of the synonyms. Effectual. All right. Effectual. So so again, he says that uh but at the spirit of him that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead, right? Effectual. And then it says, uh, but if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the flesh, of the body, ye shall live. So see, it says that, again, effectual, effective, efficacious. These are all synonyms for efficacious, active, adequate, capable, competent, competent, energetic, influential. I had that word prophesied over me. You're going to be, bring a lot of influence to people's lives, Brother Joseph. Operative, potent and powerful, serviceable, strong, successful, useful, virtuous, and puissant. I don't know how you say it. P-U-I-S-S-A-N-T. All right. And uh, <clears throat> so here, the word life, right, it, it's a powerful word. And... Uh, you shall live. Now, I want to bring some other, I want to bring you um, just a few other scriptures where it talks about this. In Matthew sixteen sixteen, Peter, he says, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, the God that is effective, the God is a, that is efficacious, the God is that is m full of morals and characteristics that represent his kingdom, amen, because that's what he is, right? The God that's effective, the God that's that's vivacious, amen, of the living God. And now, this is funny because uh, in Matthew 22, they're questioning him about the resurrection, right? And again, Jesus didn't just understand the resurrection as things coming from the dead. He he knew that the resurrection, amen, uh, the same spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies, you see, in other words, if I pray and lay hands on someone, all right, with an infirmity or sickness, guess what? That dead thing in them, in me, in my body, and so on, is going to be quickened and made alive, resurrected, in other words. So they asked him about who's going to have this, this, this wife after seven have had her, seven brothers or members of the family there. He says, you do not, you err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. Well, it's the same thing today. People err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. All right. What I'm talking about is the law of the resurrection, right? The, the resurrection from the dead. And then it says, <clears throat> verse 32, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but he is the God of the living. You see? He is the God of, of those that, that that are alive, amen. And uh, I want to read this note here. 
All right. So he is the God of the living. Amen. Let's see here. In other words, he is a God that brings life, that breathes life, that, that enjoys life, that is active and powerful, that is full of vigor. I am the living bread, the same word living there that came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live thou forever. For the bread that I give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. I am the bread that lives and is alive. I breathe and I, and, and, and I am among the living, not the dead. I enjoy true and real life. I am active. I am blessed. And I am endless in the kingdom of God. I live in a manner worthy of honor in morals and characters of the kingdom that I represent. I am living water and able to pour forth this vital precious substance upon you and upon the world, says God. I am full of vigor. I am fresh and I am strong and I am efficient. I am able to be, uh, I am efficacious. In other words, I'm, I'm able to produce the effects that I intend. All right. I have the power adequate to the purpose intended. Amen. I'm effectual, I'm effective, I'm active, I'm adequate, I'm capable, and so on and so on and so on. And so that's just one word, Zao, amen, <laughs> that, that just, again, once again, just exploded in my spirit, man. And, and, and that's what I desire, amen, the life of God, amen. As Jesus said, I am the living bread. I am the bread that's active and powerful, amen. If you'll just take me into your lives, amen, you'll begin to experience my kingdom, endlessly day after day after day after day amen <laughs> praise god father your word father is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh father i pray lord god that the body of christ your bro my brothers and sisters out there would find your word father god would take those words to the nations oh god and and begin father god to bring forth your living your life the life the effectiveness of your kingdom father god everywhere they go father god Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. So let's go ahead and, and read Romans chapter 13, verse 2. All right. And I've, I've shared this many times. We're now going to get into the outline here. Whosoever therefore resisted the power, the authority, right? Resist the ordinance. So if you if you break the rules, you're, you're, you're disrespecting authority. You're not honoring authority. All right. Of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation, right? When we're out of order, amen, guess what? Somebody's going to say something about it, and it's not going to be well for us. Now, in 1 Samuel 15, this is a, a, a great example of someone that, that substituted, all right, the will of God and decided to do something that wasn't God's will after God had clearly explained and, and, and brought through the mouth of the prophet Samuel the will of God. Now, we're going to read... Uh, we're going to read quite a bit of this. So this is 1 Samuel 15. And Samuel said, also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. So remember what Amalek did to us. Now go and smite Amalek, Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. Everything, man, was infected with, with, with demonic activity, with perversion, 
And God said, I, I need you to get rid of it all. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telaim, 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul said unto the Kenites, Go and depart, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. Amen. The, 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 the fulfilling of the scripture says, In blessing I will bless you. Amen. If you're a blessing to me, I'm going to be a blessing to you, in other words. <clears throat> and Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to shore that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag. So Saul smote the Amalekites. God told him, tear it all down, destroy it all. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and of the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuse, that they destroyed utterly. Wow. So Saul, Samuel brings the word of the Lord, you know, hoping that there's proper representation, and, and now Samuel gets a visitation from God. Verse 10, then the word of the Lord, then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, it repenteth me, that I have set up Saul to be king. For he has turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. See, the expectation was that Saul was going to represent God and do it the, will, the way of God. All right? <clears throat> because you have to understand here, all authorities of God, the structure of authorities of God, amen, there's a purpose for authority, amen, and it's not to destroy us or tear us down, but it's to edify us, to build us up, to strengthen us, to protect us. All right? So, and then Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning. It was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a place, and has gone about and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came unto Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Isn't that interesting? He thought he did the will of God, amen? And here's the deal, is that when, we, when we're receiving a direction from an authority and we misrepresent by not fulfilling the complete request, then it's still disobedience. <clears throat> and then Samuel said in verse 14, then he said, what meaneth then the bleeding of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing? Of the oxen which I hear. What are all these ox? What are all these sheep? What are all these cows? And Saul said, They have brought, he said, They have brought. That's what the soul does when he gets confronted with authority. Immediately he's trying to re misdirect. And this is what Saul did here. And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. He's blaming the people here. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. Mm. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Verse 19. 
Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord? Why didn't you just listen to the voice of God and what he asked you to do? But you did fly upon the spoil, and you did evil in the sight of the Lord. Amen. You saw all the richness and all the goodness, and you decided, man, we can't waste all this. We could use it. We could use it to feed the poor, you know. <laughs> but the people took of the spoiled sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God and Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings as in sacrifices? As in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. It didn't matter what the intention was here. It was what Saul said and the people did this and that. We, you know, we brought all the best so we could sacrifice unto God. That's not what God is looking for, Samuel says here. He needs your obedience, Saul. He needs you to be on point with the request that he made. You know, wouldn't it have been interesting... Okay, so everybody knew about this, right? After Saul came and after Saul, I mean, Samuel came and gave the word of the Lord and Saul was put down and, and David was set up. Everybody saw all this clearly, right? And what, what kind of message was it, was it sending for Saul to misrepresent what the prophet and what God had said to him and asked him to do? What message is that going to portray in the lives of the people? Just like when Moses smote the rock instead of speaking to the rock, you see, he misrepresented God right there. It's the same thing right here now. So God wants obedience, right? Not just, you know, he doesn't need the sacrifice. He needs you to obey him. For rebellion, verse 23, is as a sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord he will also reject you from being king. He just got taken down, man. Down to the ground. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned. False repentance. For I have transgressed the, transgressed the commandment of the Lord and the words, and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed not and obeyed their voice. Well, it doesn't matter, Samuel, where the inspiration came for you to make the wrong choice. I mean, Saul, you still made the wrong choice, right? Now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. He didn't hear what the prophet said. He said he's rejected you from being king. That's it. God's word's already been spoken. Mm. Now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. Verse 26, and Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has, reje has rejected thee from being king. And Samuel turned about to go away, and he laid upon the skirt of his mantle, and it rent. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Amen? He is not a man that he should repent or go back on his word, in other words. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, I pray thee, before the elders of my people and before Israel, turn again with me that I may worship thy God. In other words, let's have a ceremony where, where everybody's able to witness it, that I'm back in, in the state of being king. <laughs> Basically, he still didn't understand. Let's reject God's word. 
In other words, this is what happened. This is what he didn't realize he was saying. So Samuel turned again and saw, after Saul, Saul worshiped the Lord. And then said Samuel, bring ye hither to me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came unto him delicately. And Agag said, surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, as thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Mm. Wow. You know, I've heard this story a lot of times, man. I've heard a lot of brothers and sisters preach out of this message. Well, not sisters, but brothers. And and I just didn't know that Saul's hewed Agag in pieces. He didn't just cut his head off. <laughs> he sliced him up, man. Cut them all up. Did the will of God, in other words. So we have to understand here. Now let's go ahead and look at this outline here. All authority is of God, the structure of authority. And so there's only two things that you can do with authority. You either can represent authority or substitute authority. All right? And representation is, is to be entitled. Representation means to be entitled or appointed to act or speak for someone especially in an official capacity. Now, Jesus Christ was the model son, right? <clears throat> and he came exactly doing the will of God, right? He didn't do anything else except what God's will was in his life because he knew that he was representing someone that had sent him in an official capacity. Now, substitution means to replace one thing with another. The people said, Saul said, so we saved the best sacrifices, the best animals for sacrifice. And, and Samuel said, God doesn't need sacrifice, Baba. He needs you to obey. <laughs> Amen. And I'll tell you, man, it's interesting that, um, you know, one of my sons, he's work, he works and um, he recently got promoted. He's still in high school. And uh, his, 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 those that are in authority, the scripture says that promotion doesn't come from the east and west and south, so the north. Somebody from the north, in other words, his authority has brought him up now, all right, in a place of authority, made him a team lead, gave him a raise. And he's a part-timer, mind you, still in high school, and he has 40 hours of PTO that had been given to him, a week of PTO, right? I've never heard of that in my life. But the thing that, 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 that I constantly work with my sons on is that staying in the boundaries, right? Staying in the lines, honoring authority. Because authority is the one that's going to recognize you and bring you up. And I tell my sons, if you guys can honor God, read, write, articulate, spell, and grammar, all right? Because you know how to read, because you know how to comprehend and understand, you're going to be able to understand quickly the place that you're at with whatever position or job that is in your life, and guess what? You're going to be one that's set over and managing others. The point being here is that, is that we honor God in his way, amen, the way of God, then we're going to experience promotion all the time everywhere you go. Favor in the heart of God and man as Jesus was favored. So this reminds me of the principle of ministers versus sons. One time I was in a meeting 
It was a men's meeting. And I realize now, too, by something else that Brother Randy said in one of those broad podcast videos. He said the discipleship will not work in the Babylonian system. And and I've and I've been wondering and trying and figuring out how to do what I do, right? And teach and I want to help and the brothers and the men. And I realize that what God is telling me, and I had a dream recently about this. But what he's telling me is, Joseph, just keep doing what you're doing. Amen. Keep teaching that word. If they want more, you can give them more, etc. Put the broadcast out there and so on. All right. But the point is, is that discipleship of the kingdom of God now won't work under the governmental structure of Babylon. And so I realized that, and, and that greatly helped me in making the right choice and decision here about the direction that, that, I, that, I, that I should go in. Now, as ministers, you know, we, I was in a meeting, and uh, this individual, he was one of the associate pastors, whatever, in that organization. And I don't know what I was talking about, but he made the statement that says that, well, so long as we get the job done, right? And basically implying that it doesn't matter how we got there, let's just get it done. Well, no, it matters how. <laughs> it absolutely matters. See, in this situation with Saul, right, it mattered the way he did something in misrepresenting God, the Father. So a minister, like I said, just because you have the talent or the gift or the ability and the graces of God in your life, you still have to subject that to the Father and make yourself of no reputation as Jesus was the patterned son. You still have to die to any aspirations that you have to go up and be a title or something or, or get up, you know, whatever. You have to wait on God and let God direct those that are over you to, to make these things happen, not you trying to do it the other way around and pushing your will. And so sons in the Babylonian system, they, uh, I'm sorry, ministers, they substitute. There's a scripture in Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way which seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You see, and and even though you accomplish the goal of whatever that thing is and what you think God is telling you to do, it, but if you misrepresent God and do it, you know, in in wrong character or or you violate morals or whatever, guess what? Whatever you said was is it was blessed is now cursed. Hmm. So, but the, but a son, his desire is to represent. The Father, amen. Represent the will, the word, the way, and the work. You know, one of the things I've been doing when I pray, like, for example, you know, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will. This is a statement that I had in my prayer. Thy will, thy word, thy way, thy work be done on earth as it is in heaven. Another another thing that I do and insert in some words here in in um, Jude one eight, for example, I think that's right. Jude one eight. <coughs> Jude. Mm, no, I'm sorry. It's the verse. Verse twenty. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And here's what I say: building up yourself on your most holy 
word of faith toward God, right? The rhema, the word. In other words, building up yourself on your most holy word of faith toward God. Word of, I'm sorry, the word of faith toward God. Faith has a direction, right? It has to be going towards God. The word does. In your heart and in your mouth, that is the word of faith which we preach. Amen. What's coming out of our spirit. So <clears throat> the point being is here, that's just something that I've started doing when I'm praying. And, and, and when I see faith, amen, for example, faith, the word of faith toward God comes not by hearing. You see, without faith, without the word of faith toward God, it's impossible to please him. See, we're not, I'm not adding or taking away from something. It's the principle. But again, those that are led of the Spirit, Romans 8, 14, these are the sons of God, the Scripture says. And as a son of God, you're always going to die first. That's what you're always seeking to do, that you don't want your will, but you want his will. Amen. I came not to do mine own will, Jesus said, but the will of him that sent me. I came to do the will of him that sent me, the word of him that sent me, the way that he, that he wants it done, and the work doing it the way that he wants it done so that so that we so later the spirit as sons of god so that we can be resurrected to serve as priests of the most high god amen romans 8 26 what does that one say romans 8 26 you know i just i just give honor to the father amen and by the holy ghost and and the way that he's align these principles in my life amen so the the romans eight twenty six says likewise the spirit also helps our infirmities and the point is is that you can't serve as a priest if you haven't gone through death that's what the point is now is first samuel you know saul he substituted god's word what god said he misrepresented god he substituted and he and verse three and 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 in First Samuel 15, reveal that he, uh, I'm sorry, where am I at here? Yeah, so he, he misrepresented the will of God, the word of God. Whatever was revealed in verse 3, First Samuel 15, he misrepresented that. And then he decides to execute it Verse 7 and 9, 1 Samuel 15. And Saul smote the Amalekites, all right, <coughs> from Havilah until thou comest to the shore that is over against Egypt. And he took king, and he took the king of the Amalekites alive and destroyed all the people at the edge of the sword. So he, he took the king and he, he smote all the people. And then, you know, of course, we understand, too, that he kept the best of all the animals, right? So it wasn't about, the point is, is that he didn't execute properly. And so the result of his substitution was that the kingdom was going to be given to another. As he tore it away, as, as he tore that garment, as that garment tore it's the same thing that God rejected him from being king in verse 23. So, and it, interesting that <clears throat> Samuel, then the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, God's word came unto, unto, unto Samuel. And again, Samuel thinking God's going to, I mean, Saul's going to do the right thing, right? 
Oh, there is a way that seems right in a man, but then thereof seems is the way of death. Saul brought something upon his own life, and uh, and it wasn't good for him. Verse 35, And Samuel came no more to see Saul to the day of his death. Nevertheless, Saul, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. Wow. Man. Can you see that? God was sorry that he made Saul king over Israel. So, and, and the thing is, Saul's response to the rebuke, right? The people, verse 15. Verse 20, in his own mind, he thought, I have obeyed what God had commanded. Verse 21, again, the people. Finally, <laughs> I have sinned. When he realized, man, that that whipping was coming, he didn't, no matter what, kind of excuses you made, you see, then he decides that to sin. I mean that he repents. And remember, there's two types of repentance. Metanoia and metamolomai. Metanoia means true God repentance. Metamolomia is I'm sorry because I got caught. You see? And 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 that's the thing is Saul got caught and he disobeyed God and the kingdom was torn away from him just like as he tore that garment from Samuel, his skirt, his outfit, whatever. Now, in verse uh, 30, right, he, it just shows you again his, his own arrogance and pride and what he, you know, I can do it again. I've done it before. I've asked God to forgive me and boom, I was forgiven. But this time, God said, no, I've had enough of that false repentance. Because if you are if you repent, right, you're truly, truly turning. Now, <clears throat> back to the Lord now. So he says, does the Lord have as great a delight as, as, in other words, let me read it here. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as idolatry and iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. You see? And, uh, <clears throat> So again, you know, his what does God delight in, right? It says here, well, the point is, is that God takes delight in obedience. To obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken or to listen is better than the fat of rams. All right, so let's continue. So obedience, you take takes God's will at the center of the heart's affection. Amen. You know, one of the things about myself is that when I get a task, man, I am bent on doing it exactly how they're asked asked to do it. Now, one of the things that's dangerous about that is that if you don't completely understand the task that's being requested, (laughs) then you'll end up wasting a lot of time, I've realized. But my heart is always to do what authority asks me to do, right? My authorities in work and where I go in the city and in the kingdom of God, obviously. So even in sacrifice, there can be an element of self-will, and in Matthew seven twenty through 23, Jesus said, you know, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I didn't know you because you didn't go my way. You decided to substitute and do it your own way, right? Now, so God's greatest demand from our lives is obedience. You know, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandment. And that's the thing, you know, when I got born again, man, I fell in love with the Lord. I so loved the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I so love the kingdom that he came from, amen, the kingdom that he was a part of. And I realized that all my sins, all the perversions and things that I was involved in was completely washed away in my life. And I began a pursuit of the Lord day after day after day, seeking God, getting the word. I didn't know how to study. I didn't know how to pray, you know. And I just kept pursuing God, and I just couldn't figure out why not everybody's in love with God. And, uh, but nevertheless, you know, here it is many, many years later, and I still love God. And I still don't understand why, why doesn't humanity love God. And I understand now that Babylon has brought so much confusion into people's lives. And they don't know how to love, and they don't know how to serve God. You know, they get told, you got to come to church, you got to pay your tithe. Let me tell you something, the body of Christ is so burned out. As Jesus prophesied in John chapter 10, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. And he knew the people were going to have a feel of that and completely reject religion. And that's what's happening in our day. They're finally coming to a place where they understand, they understand how to function and operate in the kingdom of God, not in the system of religion. So the Bible teaches us, you know, obedience is compliance, submission, attentive, hearkening. It's the word, I think it's the word hupakal. Let me look at that. Hebrews 5.8. He learned obedience, the scripture says, by the things that he suffered. Hebrews 5.8. The word obedience here is the word hupakalko. It means attentive hearing, compliance, or submission. You're Bent and intent on hearing properly. You don't want to misrepresent. Praise God. And that is that is the, the, the effect of the love that we have towards Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the preeminent. He must be the preeminent one in your life. He must be the Lord of your life. He is the Savior and he's going to save you no matter what you're involved in. But eventually he wants you to grow up and be mature and understand that his way, his word, his will, his will, his word, his way, his work is the right way. And he's not going to direct you or steer you wrong. God is not a man that he should lie, and neither is he the son of man that he should repent. For has he said it, shall he not do it? And has he spoken it, shall he not make it good? We have to bank on God, amen. And it says in verse 9, 5, 8 talks about, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. You see, when we step out of line, we're going to pay the price for that. Amen? But it says that, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Wow. Resurrection, life, glory to God, everywhere we go, led of the Spirit of God, bringing life to what's dead, and walking after the Spirit, bringing the fresh Zoe of God everywhere we go, the life of God. Mm. In Colossians 1.18, it talks about he must have the preeminence. Amen. He's the firstborn. Colossians 1.8. Oh, I'm sorry. 1.18, I'm sorry. And he is the head of the church, the body, the church, I'm sorry, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, 
that in all things he might have the preeminence of the chief for the first place in our hearts and in our lives. Counsel, advice, purposes, and plans are mine. Sound wisdom is mine. Amen. I understand and I have strength to get you through whatever you're going through. Just bank on my word. Amen. Get involved in my word. Amen. Let that word get quicker in your spirit. For without faith, it's impossible to please me, says God. You can't move if you're not moving in faith toward God. If you're moving, trying to move in any other direction, you're going to misrepresent God, the Father, the Word. John 6, 38 and 39. John chapter 6. Mm. Once again, you know, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, my own word, my own way, my own work, but the will, the word, the way, the work of him that sent me. This is, and this is the Father's will, word, way, and work which has sent me, that of all which he has given me, everything that he's put in the mob responsibility, Amen. I am not going to lose anything. Nothing's going to perish or get taken out of the way. In other words, because I put my seal on that work. You see, nothing. But again, raise it up again at the last day. Everything that I do, the Lord Jesus said, it's got the law of resurrection on it. And it's going to rise because it's eternal, because it's of God. It came forth out of my spirit. It is a spirit, John 6, 63, that quickens. The flesh profited nothing. The words, the rhemas that I speak unto you, they are pneuma and they are zoe. They, they have breath. They are life. They give life. They cause you to be effective. Amen. They cause your intent to be to come to pass because you have strength. The influence of your, of your spirit, man, with the Holy Ghost, influencing your life and bringing direction to your life. And why obedience? Because obedience is declaring and stating and speaking about your sonship, which is your love for the Father, amen. To do it His way. To do the will, the word, the way, the work, the way God wants us to do it. John 5.30. John chapter 5, verse 30. I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. You see, if you don't know how to represent the Father, then you're always going to be doing your own will and therefore not representing the Father and therefore not bringing forth righteous judgment because you've got a stake in it. Your motive, you see, is impure. If you're not dead to your soul, you're you're not resurrected, and you can will represent yourself and misrepresent the Father. The Scripture teaches us in First Peter one twenty two, seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth of my word, says God. 
truth of my word, the obedience to my word. Amen. Mm. Jesus again, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Didn't we do all these works? Didn't I set up this big ministry? Didn't we feed all these homeless and all these poor? Didn't we pour all didn't we help clothe all these people and help them? Didn't we pray for them? Didn't we cast out the devils? Didn't we get them healed, Lord? Look what he's going to say, man. He's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. You misrepresented me and my way. You misrepresented sonship. How can you say that you're a son of God and you're not doing it the way of God or a daughter of God? It wasn't offerings. It wasn't bearing the cross, sufferings or sacrifice or self-denial. It was obedience. Obedience is honoring God. Honoring God takes his will at, as its center. The supreme essence is to fulfill his purpose in the earth. Saul, like I said, he misrepresented God. Self is always, you've got, to, you've got to say no to your soul, amen, because if you do not, you will not represent the Lord. And as Jesus said, that where I am, there may you be also. You will not be at the place where Jesus Christ is at, which is at, a, at the place of he died to himself. He was crucified, then he was buried, and then he resurrected. You're not going to be in that place of resurrection with him if you don't go through the process, the way. Mm, praise God. Well, we're going to finish it out. Praise God. <laughs> so obedience must be recovered. Faith is the principle of which God's life is obtained by faith, right? You heard the word. Somebody heard, preached it to you, taught it to you. And you heard it and you put your faith in God. I believe that, glory to God. So obedience is the principle by which that life is lived out. Obedience is the example, the witness of God out here that, that this, this, this person serves God, amen. He's of God. And I love that scripture, amen, how that the ears of the Lord are open unto the cry of the righteous, amen. Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone, you see. It's not just faith, it's faith toward God, amen, and, and, and that you should bring forth good fruit, amen, fruit that's everlasting. So why should, why do we obey? What is the prerequisite for obedience? An authentic revelation, not from man, but God's authority, the spirit of obedience. 1 Peter 3, 4, 1 Peter 3, 4, but let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price, valuable, highly esteemed, amen, this spirit, man. Because that spirit, man, is re re receiving from the spirit of God the direction of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus, as a son of God, you as a son of God, are always going to represent the Father. Matthew 11, 28. Come unto me, amen, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me for my, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. 
For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, he's not trying to put pressure that's ungodly. His yoke is easy, you know. His burden is light. Luke 2.51, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject, hupakau, amen? Subject is the word hupatasso, to arrange, order to subordinate Jesus. You see, he was sitting there ministering at 12 years old, all right? It wasn't the season for this in his life. His season was to be with his father and mother and learn of me. You see, that's what he taught us. Learn of me. Learn of my pattern and what I went through, right? His time was to be with his parents. And the scripture says that they that they were looking for him. All over the place couldn't find him. You know what's funny? Even after I've shared this principle with so many individuals, and they still believe, and you'll still hear him talk about Jesus is 12, even administering, teaching, preaching. In other words, saying that's a good thing. It wasn't that the work that he was doing wasn't good. It was a, it wasn't the right season. You're out of order, Jesus. You misrepresent him right now. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Amen. He increased in favor because he subjected himself to his father and his mother. <laughs> Numbers 12, verse 3. Praise God. Now the man Moses was very meek. Above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Mo Moses was a humble man. Jesus was a humble man. I wanted to be said of me, Brother Joseph, you're humble. <laughs> humble. Not thinking too highly of yourself. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The life we live must be an attitude of obedience, both in the natural side of what people see out here and spiritually speaking. So the first lesson, right, the obedience is that for two or more are gathered, right? Together in my name, their mind and wisdom them. Because when we're gathered together and 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 we're we're coming after something in prayer, guess what? You're doing the will of God. First Peter one twenty two, I alluded to it earlier, but I'm gonna read the whole thing right now. First Peter one twenty two. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Through the Spirit, obeying is the word hupakal, obedience, compliance, and submission. Through the Spirit, unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Amen. So, love one another with a pure heart fervently. Amen. Always coming together, obeying the truth. Amen. Of what God's desire is, which is obedience. And the thing is, is that if we don't do it the will of God, no amount of submission. I mean, if we're not submitting, no submission, no resistance. When you try to resist the devil, he's not going to flee. It's like somebody trying to get into your home, and you're sitting there with your shoulder holding that door, but they're stronger than you, and they just overpower you. You think you've got it under control. But because of your disobedience and misrepresentation, you're going to have some demonic activity. And so the measure of authority is based on obedience. The strength and the depth of your authority is how much do you obey? 
So submission versus obedient. The absolute attitude submission, no gainsaying. The qualified conduct is obedience. And there's many examples here. First Peter five five. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elders. Submit yourselves is the word hupotasso arranged, come under the order arranged the order the orderly arranged system. Unto the elder, yea, all of you be subject, same word, hupotasso, one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. I love when I allude to something and the scripture in the outline comes up. First Peter five twenty one. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty one. Hmm. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. A husband must be submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ, and the wife must submit, be submitted to her own husband as well. Hebrews eleven twenty three. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. So here, they hid Moses, amen, and weren't afraid. Is that right? 11.23. Well, all right. Exodus 1.17. Well, yes, it is, because we're going to allude to it again here. Exodus, talking about Moses. They hid him. But the men wives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children of but save the men, children alive. In other words, you know, if someone is directing you to do something that's outside of the word of God, then you don't have to submit to that. I wouldn't submit to it. You see, because it's not the right order. We have to understand the order of authority. All right? The operation of authority. Daniel three seventeen and 18. <laughs> Amen. you guys have any questions about any of this, y'all can just email me, brotherjoseph at divinefavor.org. Uh, all these videos, I have my cell phone posted on there if you want to send me a text message. If it be so, our God, when we, when, when we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. You see, it doesn't matter if you miss, I mean, these guys said, no, we're not going to do what you're telling us to do, king bow to this image. No. We're submitted to the Most High God. And in spite of that, they were not fearful of being submitted to God and obeying God. Amen? Uh, Acts 5.29, this is our last scripture. Amen? And then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Again, if mankind is trying to direct us into something, it is necessary to behooves us to obey God. If we're trying to get, if someone's trying to direct us into something that's not scriptural, the Bible, that's out of order, body of Christ. Simple as that. And I just encourage you, you know, all these videos are posted on the website, uh, divinefavor.org. Amen. Let me post that up for you. Amen. And, uh, you know, 
I just encourage you, body of Christ, to get involved in the Word of God. Go over these videos. Listen to them. There's a lot a lot of statements that get made. Some of them I have time to elude on them. Some of them I don't. And I'm here to serve as the Lord wants me to serve. Amen. Not to do my own will, but to do His will, that I might represent Him righteously in the earth. Amen. So, I just encourage you, brothers and sisters, get involved in this word. Understand where he's trying to take us to and what he's what we're being directed to do. And, and and knowing that there's so much work that needs to be done, but the greatest demand that God wants from our lives is obedience. Because now he says, I can trust you. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this precious time with your word. Your word is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh, Father God. I thank you for your faithfulness, Lord God, and how you quicken us according to your word, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for the bread, the bread of life. Amen. I pray, Lord God, that your people would eat that bread of life in their lives, that they might live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, both in heaven and earth, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things were the writings of your servant David as he proclaimed that the Lord is king forever and ever 
and the heathen are perished out of his land and that the counsel of the Lord standeth forever and the thoughts of his heart to all generations and he wrote that thy throne O God is forever and ever and thy scepter the kingdom is a right scepter and that your testimonies are very sure and holiness becometh thy house O Lord forever and ever and that Lord you shall endure forever and your remembrance unto all generations we say as a body of believers today father that forever forever your word is settled in heaven and established throughout all the earth regardless of the shaking God that may be taking place in this in this universe on this planet within the body of Christ God you're not shaken your word is established forever and ever hallelujah and we praise you for that hallelujah we bless your name Lord we glorify your name oh blessed be your name oh God forever oh Lord your word is settled in heaven your faithfulness Your covenant magnified, exalted along with your holy name, rejoicing in promises, I meditate on all your righteous ways, I lift up Forever.